And you're on right now with Jim Dawes. Coming at you on the Mojo Five O Radio Network. Your daily journal of news, politics, and culture. From an America First perspective. Streaming live on iHeartRadio. And available as a podcast on iTunes, TuneIn, Spreaker, Spotify, and all your favorite podcast directories. And you can follow me on Twitter at right now, Jim Dawes. I love to hear from listeners. You can shoot me an email at rightnowjimdawes at gmail.com. Or you can call our vent line and get something off your chest at 772-245-0750. That number again for the vent line is 772-245-0750. Well, it's a rainy day down here on the Treasure Coast of Florida. I hope it's better weather where you're at. I need to start today's show with a programming note. Uh, beginning tomorrow, I'm going to be on the road, and uh, I've got my my uh, remote broadcast set up, um, transferred over to my laptop, and I'm ready to do shows from the road. But uh, I'm going to the Rocky Mountains, by the way. Last time I went to uh, the mountains, it was the uh, Appalachian Mountains in North Georgia, <clears throat> intending to do remote broadcasts and that didn't work out so i just wanted to give you a heads up that if you uh if you tune in and start hearing some best of shows or some uh, archived interviews you'll know that uh that the conditions in the rockies are no better than the appalachians we got a lot to cover on today's show uh we're going to talk about the horowitz testimony before the senate judiciary committee yesterday we're going to talk about the vindication of Devin Nunes and how the dairy farmer from the Inland Empire in California has proven all of the smart aleck New Yorkers and uh, Washington, D.C. polls uh, wrong and made fools of them. We're going to talk about the, the continuation of Jerry Nadler's shift show in the uh, House Judiciary Committee where they were marking up articles of impeachment last night. I'm going to give you my take on this attack at the Pensacola Naval Air Station as well as Greta Thunberg getting the Time Magazine Person of the Year. How dare you! We're also going to take a look at these uh, black Israelites uh, who have been connected to this uh, mass shooting in Jersey City um, that killed a police officer and uh, three or four other um, people outside that uh, kosher deli in New York. But, uh, man, you, uh, these, these shows kind of just write themselves, you know, after giving, um, complete airtime to Jerry Nadler and Adam Schiff's, uh, hearings, impeachment hearings, CNN yesterday chose not to air the Senate Judiciary Committee hearings where, uh, the inspector general for the Department of Justice Horowitz issued his report on the FISA scandal. And you can see why they didn't, because um, while I would argue that Horowitz soft-pedaled his report, in fact, uh, the facts of the matter were so damning. I mean, he put a positive spin, as much of a positive spin as he could on the spying, said he couldn't identify any bias, that all of these errors and omissions as he termed them, were just uh, all cutting against Donald Trump and the Trump campaign. It was just sheer coincidence. 
And we're now learning, uh, as a result of these hearings yesterday, that uh, Christopher Steele's dossier was not only total bull, uh, bogus, started to say that BS word, um, but that he didn't even write them. So, so the the FISA court was uh, accepting the Steele dossier because Steele was a former MI6 officer for British intelligence and uh, supposed to be a paragon of, uh, you know, information vetting and credibility. It turns out Christopher Steele didn't write uh, the allegations that were in his dossier. He was just taking a bunch of rumor and innuendo and hearsay and gossip, packaging it up, putting his stamp of approval on it, sending it over to the FBI for them to dupe the FISA court with. Turns out that the source of Christopher Steele's is now called the subsource, and we still didn't learn during yesterday's hearings who this subsource is. I suspect it's probably um, a a, a Russian former double agent. I'm trying to remember his name, uh, the one that was over in uh, in England, uh, in Sheffield, England, and... um, they claimed that the the uh, Russians attempted to assassinate him with a, um, a a nerve agent. I'll I'll come up with his name here in a second after my memory has a chance to kick in. But the identity of Steele's subsource has not been disclosed to the public, and this was the guy that was responsible for almost everything you read in that dossier—a bogus dossier that was uh, absurd on its face. But the FBI, uh, as part of their investigation in 2017, January of 2017, went out and interviewed this subsource. And the subsource said that, uh, uh, that they had not seen Steele's report until they became public that very same month. And the subsource said that Steele misstated or exaggerated the subsource's source in multiple sections of this dossier. The primary subsource was questioned by the FBI of FBI in March of 2017, and said that um, that it, the allegations that were made in the dossier were based on multiple levels of hearsay. The subsource said they were unable to corroborate any of that hearsay. <laughs> the uh, Horowitz uh, referred yesterday to primary and secondary subsources. The primary subsource was known to the FBI agents in in charge of this crossfire hurricane inquisition into the Trump campaign, yet they never um, told the FISA court about Steele not being the source of this information and the subsource not standing behind it. And yet... We were subjected to a two-and-a-half-year investigation by the former director of the FBI and mentor to Jim Comey, Robert Mueller. They, they based that investigation that drug this country through the mud for two-and-a-half years on this pile of steaming crap known as the dossier, and they, 
they got not one, not two, not three, but four separate FISA warrants to spy on the Trump campaign. The primary subsource also indicated that the allegations against Page, Carter Page, the one that said that Page allegedly accepted bribes from Russian uh, from a Russian intelligent conglomerate, the president of that company is Igor Sechin, were in fact falsified. And a sub-subsource, a secondary subsource, I guess is what they would want to call it, turned over text messages to the FBI showing that all of that information that was contained in the dossier was a lie. Horowitz said, we reviewed the text and did not find any discussion of a bribe, whether as an uh, an interest in the energy company or as a brokerage. You remember that the dossier claimed that they were offering 19% of uh, this uh, Russian energy company that would have amounted to uh, like $4 billion as a bribe to get Donald Trump to uh, lift sanctions on Russia. Now, if you would, if you're stupid enough to believe that somebody would pay billions of dollars in a bribe, then I guess uh, you must be Robert Mueller or Jim Comey or the rest of these um, lunatics. If somebody's going to accept a bribe, for a billion dollars, they'll accept a bribe for a million dollars. You don't bribe somebody with a billion dollars. But these revelations reveal really two things. First, Christopher Steele is a liar. He has no credibility. And everything that he had had, uh, worked on during his career at MI6 is suspect. And you'll recall that he is one of the uh, people at MI6 that were uh, pushing, um, you know, a new Cold War with Russia. Second, the counterintelligence team at the FBI, the Crossfire Hurricane team, knew, in fact, from the beginning that their sources information were gossip, innuendo, completely uncorroborated. And yet they pursued this wiretap yesterday. I mean, uh, they pursued this wiretap anyway. And yesterday, Horowitz steadfastly refused to say that they had any biased motives. Well, if you're proceeding on uh, false information and you know it to be the case, then you have got to have some sort of motive. And there's plenty of indication, both from Comey and Strzok and McCabe, that they were, in fact, biased in this investigation. So, you know, we're the old two plus two equals four. We're supposed to ignore the findings and completely detach that from any motivations. Lindsey Graham opened uh, yesterday's hearing and, uh, and he asked Horowitz, I think the real relevant question of the day. Okay, so let's let's play this out. They never told Trump about the concerns. Is it fair to say they came a point to where surveilling Carter Page became unlawful? Um, 
I will let the court decide that. The court has this report and will make that decision. Let's put it this way. If you don't have a legal foundation to surveil somebody and you keep doing it, is that bad? Absolutely. Is that spying? Um, it's it's not it's illegal surveillance. It's not court authorized. Whatever surveillance illegal surveillance means. So you're not even it. allowed to call illegal surveillance spying anymore. They hate that term spying over there in our intelligence agencies. But that's exactly what they were doing, and they have made a complete and utter fool out of those FISA judges. The FISA court is supervised, comes directly under the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court. Roberts, and they have had a a massive fraud perpetrated on them. And if they are going to redeem their reputations, they're going to have to hold these people that filed these knowingly false warrant applications before them to account. And that means contempt of court and throwing some people in jail. And these charges that were um, put forward by the people that participated in this against um, General Flynn and Roger Stone and Papadopoulos, all of those those uh, convictions have got to be vacated because all of this is fruit from a poison tree. It all started based on a uh, a fraud that was perpetrated by the FBI and the CIA. Horowitz didn't get into the misconduct of the CIA. That's what uh, John Durham and and Bill Barr are up to, but I've got some clips here. I'm going to play you. This is Horowitz yesterday saying that, uh, in fact, key facts, exculpatory evidence were submit were omitted from these FISA applications. For example, the Crossfire Hurricane team obtained information from Steele's primary subsource in January 2017 that raised significant questions about the reliability of the Steele reporting. This was particularly noteworthy because the FISA applications relied entirely on information from the from the steel from sorry from the primary subsources reporting to support the allegation that Page was coordinating with the Russian government on 2016 U.S. presidential election activities. However, the FBI did not share this information with department lawyers. And it was therefore omitted from the last two renewal applications. It was omitted from the last two renewal applications after they knew that it was a bunch of hokum because they were so determined to get Donald Trump and to use this um, this FISA warrant against Carter Page to get an inside look at the Trump campaign. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details.
So you know that they committed perjury before the court. You know that they included um, uh, or they committed forgery to apply for this application. And Horowitz still expects that we believe that um, we don't know what their motivation was. Significant so when Comey that. speaks about FISA, you shouldn't listen. You should listen to Mr. Horowitz. He's not vindicated. And to be concerned about the FISA warrant process is not nonsense. Uh, Christopher Steele, is it fair to say that he had a political bias against Donald Trump? Um, he, given who he was paid for, there was a bias that needed to be disclosed to the court. Does it seem that he all personally had a bias, not just because he's on the payroll of the Democratic Party, but he... Well, we found in the course of this and heard from Mr. Orr about his comment to him that he was desperate to prevent uh, Mr. Trump's election. Again, this is the, the guy that provides the dossier that gives the warrant over the top against Carter Page. He's paid for by the Democratic Party, and he personally believes it's bad for Donald Trump to win. He's marketing the dossier, which is a bunch of garbage, to anybody and everybody. Now, keep in mind this dossier that was presented to the court as being uh, sourced from a credible former British intelligence officer. Christopher Steele had no firsthand knowledge of anything contained in there. He was relying on a subsource. He... Christopher Steele never validated or confirmed any of this information. He just packaged it up and sent it over into the FBI, injected it into the bloodstream of the American politic, and has caused this country no end of uh, division and conflict. Christopher Steele ought to be arrested uh, the next time he comes within... um, the jurisdiction of American law enforcement. Ted Cruz pointed out another crime that was committed in all of this, and that was the altering of an email by a Department of Justice lawyer that completely reversed the uh, the admission by the CIA that, in fact, Carter Page was a paid informant for the CIA. Let me read on page 256 of the OIG report, the final paragraph. Consistent with the Inspector General Act of 1978 and following OIG's discovery that the OGC attorney had altered the email that he sent to the supervising agent, who thereafter relied on it to swear out the final FISA application. So So the men and women at home need to know what's happening. A lawyer at the FBI creates fraudulent evidence alters an email that is in turn used as the basis for a sworn statement to the court that the court relies on am i stating that accurately uh that's correct that is what occurred now you have worked in in law enforcement a long time is the pattern of a department of justice employee altering evidence and submitting fraudulent evidence that ultimately gets submitted to a court is that commonplace is that typical um i have not seen uh, an alteration of an email end up uh, impacting a court document like this. In any, in any ordinary circumstance, if a private citizen did this, mm-hmm. fabricated evidence, and by the way, what he inserted was not just slightly wrong, it was 180 degrees opposite what the evidence said. So the intelligence agency said this guy is a source, and he inserted this guy is not a source. 
if a private citizen did that in any law enforcement investigation, if they fabricated evidence and reversed what it said, in your experience, would that private citizen be prosecuted for fabricating evidence? Be pro- well, Horowitz goes on to answer that question without giving an answer, but uh, you and I both know what would happen if somebody fabricated evidence. Hell, you wouldn't even have to fabricate evidence. All you would have to do is, um, is be accused of it, and your life would be ruined. Look at Michael Flynn. Look at George Papadopoulos. Look at Roger Stone. Look at uh, Paul Manafort. Lives have been destroyed <clears throat> because of this misconduct on behalf of the FBI. And the FBI is, has got to vacate these, these uh, convictions and these prosecutions, and they've got to reimburse these people for their legal fees and, and make them whole. Old Denang Dick Blumenthal said all of this was just fine because uh, he claims that the FISA warrant was getting useful information, which the attorney, uh, the inspector general had to disagree with. Those FISA warrants, mm-hmm. they were renewed a number of times, correct? Three times. Based on your experience and maybe your report, there's a reason why warrants are renewed. They're renewed because they are producing useful information, correct? Or they should be producing useful information. They should That's be. That's how I'll and, phrase it. And your review of those warrants would indicate that they were producing useful information, correct? Um not sure that's entirely correct, and I don't know how much I can say about that in this setting. Well, they were producing information. They were producing information. I'm not sure how I would characterize whether they were helpful or not. They were producing information. They were producing information that there was no collusion or coordination and that that uh, Carter Page was completely innocent, but they were hoping that they were going to get a, a capture a phone call between somebody in the Trump campaign that they could twist like they twisted the conversation with Michael Flynn and get Donald Trump or somebody high up in his campaign. He had James Comey uh, before yesterday's hearing all over the TV on CNN and MSNBC claiming that the Horowitz report vindicated him. And so one of the uh, the Republicans on the committee yesterday asked Horowitz if that was true. Former FBI Director James Comey said this week that, that your report vindicates him. Is that a fair assessment of your report? Um, I, you know, I think the activities we found here don't vindicate anybody who touched this. Okay. So the IG has conclusively proved now, and, and you can put as uh, – as soft soaped language on it as you want to. But the truth is the FBI committed perjury. They fabricated evidence. They did so based on a bogus dossier that they knew was bogus, presented it to the court and were engaged in, uh, in, in prosecutorial misconduct in order to get the Trump campaign. And then to over, uh, to, to cover up, their misdeeds, they brought in a former director of the FBI and, high, uh, and a former U.S. attorney, Robert Mueller, with a long history of misconduct, who had been the mentor of the guy that was responsible for most of this, Jim Comey. 
to harass an incoming administration for two and a half years. And now it's come up entirely empty-handed and been shown to have been an abuse of authority. And what is the answer from the Democrats? Well, let's impeach Donald Trump. And I'm looking forward to Bill Barr and John Durham digging into John Brennan's involvement in all of this. He's the one that uh, laid the predicate that started the crossfire hurricane investigation by running foreign intelligence agents at George Papadopoulos. Mifsud and um, Alexander Downer and and Stephen Halper and Azra Turk all wired up and infiltrated the campaign. They planted evidence, they collected evidence, and then they authorized Crossfire Hurricane and they're off to the races. James Clapper, Jim Comey, and John Brennan all lied before Congress. And Roger Stone is awaiting sentencing for doing that exact same thing. They live in an alternate universe where justice doesn't apply to them. We're going to run out to a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about David or um, uh, the Nunez memo and how Nunez has been entirely vindicated right after these messages. Stick with us. Whether you're moving in together for the first time, this can be your closet, or you're a new parent to a little fur baby. Viva Paper Towels can help you maintain a clean home. They're two times more durable when wet compared to the leading value brand. So they clean like cloth, helping you pick up after your new pet in your new home. For an exceptional cloth-like clean, use Viva Towels. Visit vivatowels.com to learn more and start fresh with a clean feeling of home. Here's to the innovators, the makers, the doers, and the hustlers of D.C. With Facebook Elevate, you can grow your business, build your online presence, kickstart your career, or turn your passion of creating content into a reality. Facebook Elevate is a program that provides free digital marketing courses, potential job opportunities, and coaching from Facebook experts that can help you kickstart your career. Learn more at facebook.com slash fbelevate. Facebook Elevate. On the rise. Together. And you're back on Right Now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo 50 Radio Network, a daily journal of news, politics, and culture from an American nationalist perspective. So it was back in April of 2018 that Devin Nunes, the then chairman of the House Intelligence Committee, released a memo detailing allegations of serious abuse by the Obama administration's Department of Justice and FBI in their obtaining warrants to surveil the Trump campaign, spy on the Trump campaign. And uh, Devin Nunes was immediately set upon by the mainstream media and the uh, radical Democrats and smeared as being a conspiracy theorist and in trafficking and lies. And, and uh, old Adam Schiff, the Democrat ranking member of the Intelligence Committee, 
put out a counter memo basically saying that Nunez uh, was misrepresenting and that the uh, the FBI and the Department of Justice had uh, had uh, information other than the dossier to rely on and that uh, there was legitimate reasons to be suspicious of Carter Page and, uh, and that uh, none of this ha- had any political motivations at all. Well, now, because we've heard from the Inspector General of the Department of Justice, Michael Horowitz, we know that everything that uh, was contained in Nunez's memo was absolutely correct, that the FISA warrant was based almost entirely on hearsay and gossip and um, salacious, they like to call it, um, details that Steele didn't even produce himself. He was just collecting gossip from subsources and sub-subsources and that all of that information had been relied on entirely by the FISA court in order to kick off their surveillance of the Trump campaign. So I've got some clips here from you uh, for you from um, from Kimberly Stossel and Molly Hemingway, who were two of the reporters that were out there um, actually doing journalism and reporting the truth of what Nunez was reporting, and uh, and they're they're sort of saying I told you so because Nunez has been vindicated. Yeah, you know, sometimes our politics moves so fast, it's worthwhile going back and remembering how we get somewhere. So the reason that we actually know about this FISA abuse is because in early February 2018, Nunes, who was heading the House Intelligence Committee, put out a memo with these explosive revelations that the FBI had targeted Carter Page with surveillance warrants, that the dossier from a rival campaign had been the basis for that, and that the FBI had not been straight up with the FISA court. And this should have provoked bipartisan outrage. Instead, Adam Schiff came out immediately said, no, that's a bunch of, of hooey. Mm-hmm. And in fact, uh, he puts out his own memo and he says, no, nobody abused anything. Well, now we've got the IG report and Adam Schiff owes the country an enormous apology for spreading a false uh, uh, misinformation. Well, it was misinformation. Adam Schiff knew it was misinformation. And we've got the same guy now that has been responsible for ginning up a whole bunch of new misinformation in order to pursue this impeachment. It ought to be dismissed. You know, I, I wish a lot of times that we had a skilled documentarian that would put all of this together and tell a story that the American people could see all of it as a big picture. Because what has gone on here has been a massive fraud that's been perpetrated on the American people. One of the things that uh, Schiff and the Democrats and the mainstream media was, were saying was that um, that the FISA court didn't rely on Christopher Steele's dossier. Well, Horowitz put that lie to rest yesterday in his testimony. For example, the Crossfire Hurricane team obtained information from Steele's primary subsource in January 2017 that raised significant questions about the reliability of the steel reporting. This was particularly noteworthy because the FISA applications relied entirely on information from the from the steel from sorry from the primary subsources reporting to support the allegation that Page was coordinating with the Russian government on 2016 US presidential election activities. 
However, the FBI did not share this information with department lawyers, and it was therefore omitted from the last two renewal applications. All of the applications also omitted information that the FBI had obtained in August 2017. Sorry, August. Well, so let's take a walk down memory lane. Uh, I've just got a clip here from NBC News, probably the most dishonest of the major networks, and that's saying a lot. They operate MSNBC, and that conspiracy uh, channel has infected their their news coverage to the point where they're actually putting Rachel Maddow on panels that are moderating Democrat um, debates. She is a uh, she is really no better than um, Alex Jones over at Infowars in trafficking with unsubstantiated uh, conspiracies. But here is a report on MS or uh, on NBC News on the network trashing the Nunez memo. Just this hour, exclusively obtaining a six-page rebuttal to House Intelligence Committee Chairman Devin Nunes's controversial memo on the Russia investigation. Now, again, just this hour, this is coming in from New York Congressman Jerry Nadler, this exclusive that I'm talking about, the top Democrat on the House Judiciary Committee. It is the Democrats' most detailed public response to Nunes's memo, challenging its very core, its very core conclusion. Let's get right to the man who broke the story for us, NBC News national political reporter Mike Memoli. And Mike, so we're just getting this in. Uh, we're now able to report on it just at the top of this hour, right, right now at 4 o'clock Eastern. And there are four main points. Start with what stands out the most for us. Well, Richard, since the release yesterday of this memo from the Republicans on the House Intelligence Committee, we've seen some very strong public responses from Democrats and and even some Republicans about both the process and some of the initial claims that were made in this memo. But we have the Democrats are being limited somewhat because of the sensitive nature of this information in in responding as they really would like to. But as you say, we've now obtained that was that lie that Schiff and Nadler and the Democrats told that uh, we've got more information. It's just classified and we can't tell you what it is. But take our our word for it. The FBI was perfectly uh, justified in spying on the Trump campaign. This uh, exclusively, this memo from Jerry Nadler, he's the top Democrat on the House Judiciary Committee, and he is offering the most comprehensive response so far to what Nunes claimed. And he makes four key points, and the most important being about what the Republican memo states, which is that the FISA warrant that was obtained by the Justice Department, by the the FBI, to spy on uh, Carter Page, to surveil on Carter Page, um, was improperly obtained. What, what, uh, What Nadler is saying is that he fails to demonstrate Nunes in this memo that they lacked evidence beyond the dossier in order to obtain this memo, that the case law supports the idea that there was no improper conduct on the part of the Justice Department in, in not disclosing when they sought this warrant that there potentially were political sources, that were there was funding behind the work of the dossier. This is, of course, involving Christopher Steele, the British spy who was contracted by Fusion GPS in doing in, in order. You just wonder how the Democrats can look themselves in the mirror and how anybody could vote for these people. They go from one hoax to the next, perpetrating it on the uh, the uh, voters and their constituents. And then when they get caught, they just move on to the next hoax. And you got these same two proven liars, Adam Schiff and Jerry Nadler, now leading this current impeachment effort. And people are supposed to take them seriously. 
And any of these Democrats, these uh, these new freshman Democrats that vote for this impeachment effort based on the the lies uh, that are uh, that have been ginned up by these two characters deserves to be removed from office. I'm going to play you one uh, one more uh, clip, and this is Molly Hemingway. Molly Hemingway and Kimberly Stossel uh, did absolutely brilliant journalism in regard to all of this, and they were uh, they were doing their rounds yesterday, their I Told You So tour. Two years ago, though, you had competing memos come out. You had Devin Nunes say that there were problems with the FISA process, that that was abused, and you had a response memo from Adam Schiff, who's now leading the impeachment effort. Never Trump media and, and uh, liberal media completely disparaged the Nunes memo and completely supported the Schiff memo, and they were utterly humiliated by that, by what came out in this report yesterday. Every single thing in the Nunes memo was shown to be true. If anything, it underreported the problems with the FISA process, and meanwhile, things that were claimed by Schiff that people took seriously, that people accepted uncritically, were shown to be false. They said there were no material emissions in the FISA warrants. And that the um, dossier was okay? There were so many errors, and again, all in the same direction. The dossier was completely disputed. Remember that Adam Schiff read the dossier into the congressional record, hijacked a, hijacked a separate hearing in order to do so. There should be consequences for this, and there should be consequences for media that got it wrong as well. I don't think... I don't know if you ever read that dossier. I did. Uh, it was a collection of memos. And it was obviously written to be uh, unverifiable. It was written in a way uh, to try to prevent it from being verified or disproven. It was obviously a bunch of uh, smears based on rumor and innuendo. And yet the FBI, our, our premier law enforcement agency in the world, and I'm not talking about the rank-and-file FBI agents that are out there catching bad guys. I'm talking about the political appointees in the J. Edgar Hoover building, Jim Comey, Andrew McCabe, Peter Strzok. These guys are dirty cops, and if they don't go to jail, that it sets a terrible precedent for the rest of the FBI. We're going to run out to a break. When we come back, we're going to take a... a a look at yesterday's uh, impeachment hearing at the House Judiciary Committee where they were marking up these bogus article, articles of impeachment. Stick with us. We'll be right back. As you make plans this season, consider convenient COVID-19 testing from Quest. Get the same test hospitals use without a doctor visit. Simply order online, select from drive through or at-home options, and get the results sent securely to your phone or computer. It's a great fit for your busy life. With over 20 million COVID-19 tests processed, you can count on Quest. So order your test today at questcovid19.com. That's questcovid19.com. So after refusing to cover the uh, yesterday's hearing where uh, the inspector general gave his report excoriating the FBI, the C- uh, CNN uh, decided that they were going to cover the House Judiciary Committee's markup of these impeachment charges, these bogus impeachment charges against Donald Trump. And that didn't work out too well for them either because the Democrats uh, could not make a, a, a coherent argument 
to move forward with this impeachment and the Republicans on the committee absolutely excoriated and excoriated them beginning with uh, representative Getz from Florida. This is the quickest, thinnest, weakest, most partisan impeachment in all of American presidential history. And for all the radical left's attacks on the president's honesty, it's their lies that continue to fuel this scorched earth strategy of impeachment. When a member of this committee said that President Trump was an agent of the Russian government engaged in a criminal conspiracy with the Russians, he lied. Needing a new way to undermine our president, the Democrats said he obstructed justice. But they couldn't make the case. They didn't have the facts. And there are no obstruction of justice articles in this impeachment. So needing another new distraction, Chairman Schiff announced a whistleblower. He said we'd hear from this person about bad presidential conduct. Some in the media reported on the whistleblower, raising serious concerns about political bias, improper motivation, and scandalous coordination with a political hit job aligned with none other than the operatives of Chairman Adam Schiff. With public opinion turning against impeachment, the Democrats scurried to assemble focus groups and commission polls. They learned that accusing the president of bribery would be good politics, while Democrat House members are willing to follow the pundits and consultants. The evidence and the witnesses were not. Even their seemingly most anti-Trump witness, Lieutenant Colonel Vindman, said, I was never involved in anything that I would consider bribery or extortion. Lo and behold, there are now no bribery articles in this impeachment. Another lie. But the biggest lie of all was that House Democrats would not put our beautiful nation through a partisan impeachment. Speaker Pelosi said there must be uh, evidence that is compelling and bipartisan. Chairman Nadler said impeachment should not be partisan. And tonight, they stubbornly defy the standard that they set for themselves. You know, all of this was entirely predictable. Uh, they were they were trying to gin up an impeachment against Donald Trump before since before he took office. And they were able to uh, sort of stall the Democrats uh, because they all believed that Robert Mueller, at the end of his two-and-a-half-year investigation, would, uh, would uh, do a better job at framing Donald Trump. But even Robert Mueller couldn't come up with anything that would uh, withstand any sort of scrutiny. And so he had to admit... That there was no obstruction, I mean, that there was no collusion or coordination or conspiracy, and tried to imply that there was obstruction uh, really based on uh, on nothing other than the president, you know, criticized this whole process, which is perfectly understandable. And um, Representative Radcliffe from Texas uh, at yesterday's hearing pointed out that. Uh, now that uh, the Democrats have, you know, been left to try to gin up an impeachment on their own, all they're doing is making stuff up. Whatever happened to quid pro quo, extortion and bribery, the Democrats have been telling us it was clear. The facts were undisputed. The evidence was overwhelming, except it wasn't any of those things. And now it's all gone. Instead, they've reached in to the grab bag for a nebulous abuse of power accusation that legal scholars admit is not a crime. And now Democrats say the president obstructed Congress in its investigation into an alleged quid pro quo extortion bribery scheme that they now have to concede never existed in the first place. Gee, where have I heard that before? I remember. It was when 
My same colleagues across the aisle first falsely accused the president of collusion and conspiracy with Russia. And when that fell apart, they accused him of obstructing justice into their investigation of false conspiracy and collusion allegations. Every time Democrats get caught trying to frame this president with some crime he didn't commit, they follow up by accusing him of obstructing their efforts to frame him for the things that he never did in the first place. I'd like to say you can't make this stuff up, but it is all made up. It is all made up. Now, it, it, lest you think that the only powerful and convincing testimony from yesterday's hearing um, came from the Republicans, I would have to point out uh, the the uh, the very articulate and insightful testimony given yesterday by a Democrat representative from DeKalb County, Georgia, Hank Johnson. So this is all part of a cover-up, and uh, it is up to this committee to ensure that we get that report because we have lawful responsibilities, constitutional responsibilities to, uh, to engage in, one of which is possibly impeachment. How can we impeach without getting the documents? So we must get this document. Uh, the American people expect us to do it. Once we get it, our hearings can continue and lead to whatever they may lead to, including impeachment. And so I ask my colleagues on the other side to stop obfuscating and start working with us to carry out your constitutional responsibilities. And with that, I yield back. These Republicans on the committee are obfuscating. This is the same Hank Johnson, I'll remind you, that uh, went before a, uh, a committee on, um, on national security and said this. I don't know how many square miles that, that is. Do you happen to know? He's talking about Guam. I don't have that uh, figure with me, sir. I can certainly supply it to you if you'd like. Yeah, my, my fear is that uh, the whole island will uh, become so overly populated that it will tip over and, uh, and capsize. Uh, we don't anticipate that. The, uh, the Guam population, I think, currently about 100. Hank Johnson thinks that if... The U.S. Navy puts more personnel on Guam that the whole island might capsize, and this is the guy that's sitting on the House Judiciary Committee voting yes to impeach the President of the United States. I mean, at some point, the American people are going to see through all of this. They can't continue to put forward this this uh, this hoax. And Nancy Pelosi has doomed her House majority. She's going to go down in history as one of the worst speakers in American history, has lost her majority not once, but now, after this, I predict twice in this kamikaze mission to get Donald Trump. What a buffoon. The polls are absolutely turning around in Trump's favor in all of the battleground states where they were telling us until just before all of this started that uh, that Donald Trump was going to be beaten by any of the Democrat candidates. All of those polls have now turned around and Donald Trump is winning. So uh, to, in order to defeat this 
we would need a total of 18 of these House Democrats, of which there are 30 that were elected from red states. Nine of those 18 have already indicated that they're a probable no vote on impeachment. They're trying to salvage their uh, congressional careers. Nancy has uh, sacrificed her majority to AOC in the squad. Pretty amazing, really. So I want to talk a little bit about this um, this terrorist attack at the Pensacola Naval Air Station. It's pretty amazing. Uh, as we learn more and more about this, we're learning that this, uh, this attacker, this radical uh, Muslim from Saudi Arabia that was uh, at the Pensacola Naval Air Station being taught to fly um, American fighter jets, of which the Saudis own uh, quite a few, uh, probably a hundred or more, had been all over social media indicating his hatred for the United States and his uh, his radicalization, and yet nobody nobody did a, a thorough enough background investigation to determine that. And what's really maddening about this attack, it took a full 10 minutes after this, uh, this guy started shooting to neutralize him. And it wasn't anybody on the base. A, a military, an American military installation didn't have anybody, any armed uh, responders to, to neutralize this guy. And it took 10 minutes for them to coordinate with the uh, sheriff's department in Escambia County, Florida, to come in and take this guy's out. This guy's out. So you wonder, you know, I on a, on an airbase like that, you've got lots of people standing watch. Have they disarmed all their their watch standers on this military base? We know that the the first guy killed was in fact standing watch and he was unarmed and his family is angry about it. This guy was there uh, training to be a pilot. He was standing watch. He was unarmed. His family cannot understand why they would put somebody in a position of standing watch on a military base without being armed. And yet this radical Saudi was able to buy a gun, despite the fact that he's not a citizen of the United States, doesn't enjoy any of our Second Amendment rights. He was able to go out in town and buy a gun in high-capacity magazine and perpetrate this uh, this mass murder on a military base. And, you know, any of our adversaries in this world, ISIS or Al-Qaeda or any of the others, are looking at this, and they got to be rubbing their hands together to realize that it takes 10 minutes in order to address a, uh, a, a, a terrorist incident on an American military base. Governor DeSantis, um, when he found out about this, pointed out that uh, you know the screening effort totally failed in this case. You know, you have foreign military personnel coming to our base uh, they should not be doing that if they hate our country I mean, he had a, a, a major social media trail this guy was a uh, was somebody who um 
you know, just had a deep-seated hatred for the United States, and and that was that was pretty clear from from that. Um, and and obviously the fact that he would do something like this. And so, you know, my my view is is that. Um, you know, for us to be bringing in these foreign nationals, um, you have to take precautions to protect the, the country. And um, the fact of the matter is, I mean, bringing in people from Saudi Arabia, um, you know, the, the, you just you, you need to be, be on guard on that. U.S. Defense Secretary Mark Esperance. Yeah, you need to be on guard with that. We've got a little bit of a history of training pilots down here in Florida. The, uh, the pilots on 9-11, I think all but one of them, were trained at, uh, at a flight stu- uh, school in Vero Beach, Florida. And we're training these, uh, these radical Islamists to fly American fighter jets. Seriously? So Time Magazine, which used to be uh, you know an, an actual uh, news organization, has named Greta Thunberg as their person of the year. They didn't stop there. They also named the whistleblower as uh, as some sort of runner-up or uh, defender of democracy of the year or some BS like that. And uh, and it's just amazing how they have used this Greta Thunberg, you know, to to continue to perpetrate their climate hoax. I don't want to you know, speak ill of the little girl because, uh, she is in fact suffering from a, um, a mental disorder and she is being taken advantage of by these radical lefts. How dare you? Oh, no, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say that, Greta, but she is, uh, overcoming some challenges. And whenever you hear her talk, just keep in mind that she is reading a script that was prepared for her by these lunatic leftists this is all wrong i shouldn't be up here i should be back in school on the other side of the ocean yet you all come to us young people for hope we how dare you how dare you we're sorry greta she's now time magazine person of the year do we even publish Time Magazine anymore? I haven't I haven't seen a, a copy of it in any uh, waiting room or on a newsstand since I can remember. I think it's all web-based now. But that takes us to the end of this edition. I want to remind you again that I'll be traveling next week. I'll be trying to put on new shows, but uh, you may hear some uh, some best of interviews at this uh, at this hour. Thanks for joining us. Right here on the Mojo 5.0 Radio Network. We'll talk to you again. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwans.com backslash yum for details. Whether you have your own bathroom or you share one with your family, a little extra help keeping the bathroom sink, counter, and mirror clean goes a long way. And Viva Paper Towels are for the long haul. 
They're two times more durable when wet compared to the leading value brand. And they clean like cloth, helping you keep the surfaces in your bathroom dry and fingerprint and toothpaste free. For an exceptional bathroom clean, there's Viva Paper Towels. Visit vivatowels.com to learn more.